Welcome to Sports Live with the PBK. PBK stands for Barring Batu Korchas, in case you're wondering. I'm the sports editor of the Sunday Times, and I've been with this newspaper since puberty, if you like. Now I've got a bit of gray hair and stuff. Um, I've done work also for the Sunday World newspaper. I was a founding member there. And uh, in 1999 and back in 2007, I came back home, uh, if you like, to Sunday Times and I've been uh, with the organization since then. And uh, what we do hope to achieve with this podcast is to make it a platform where you and I can sit and have a conversation, brutally frank, honest conversations about sports and we discuss sports played with balls of all shapes and sizes. And uh, I do hope that as we begin this journey, we are going to definitely have some fun. Along the way, we're going to bring in some guests wherever they may be in the world. And we're also going to tap into the expertise of uh, my colleagues in the Sunday Times uh, Sport Department and also in the arena holdings digital uh, through times live in today's episode we are going to have a conversation with the chief executive officer of uh, Bundesliga International, that is Robert Klein, is all the way in Germany, is going to be telling us about what it is that their organization has done, especially in assisting the Premier Soccer League, with whom they are trying to create a cooperation agreement. They've had initial conversations about it, but with all the advent of coronavirus, everything stopped, and they maybe have shared ideas with the PSL in terms of how to go back to return of play. Rob is going to take us through that and tell us about their plans to expand into the African territory. Also in store is what is going to happen with football coming back, baby, in the PSL. Orlando Stadium is going to be the place to be. There's going to be a double header taking place there, and that's going to be in the form of the NetBank Cup, fi- uh, Cup semifinals, and that's uh, something that we're going to sink our teeth in. I've got uh, the coaches of the four teams taking place, uh, Baroga FC, Bloemfontein, Celtic, Mamelo, the Sundowns, as well as Pidves Vets, do we still call them Pidves Vets or Pidves Takuma Vets, whatever? You will find out when we talk to the coaches about what their ideas are looking to tomorrow's doubleheader. Hi, this is Steve Compeller from Golden Arrows. If you thought I was a son of the soil, check the real soil. Just listen to Sports Live with BBK. They don't come any darker. The darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Sports Live with BBK. Okay, let's uh, kick it off and get the ball rolling with uh, the news uh, segment and we're going to take a screeching start on the Formula One news. The Formula One world champion Lewis Hamilton has called on the British government uh, to make it a point that uh, children are taught about diversity at school level. If you are looking for someone who has played a role in adding his voice to the Black Lives Matter movement, they don't come more prominent than Hamilton himself. And on the track, 
Track uh, F1 returns to Silverstone this weekend again, again this weekend, and Hamilton will hope to repeat the exploits which he showed last Sunday in a much more calmer manner than the crazy way of uh, last week with soft tires and all. In another development at Mercedes, Hamilton's Finnish teammate, Valtteri Bottas, has extended his contract until the end of next year. Moving on to rugby news now, Bulls Director of Coaching, Jake White, the former Springbok World Cup winning coach, has finally explained the reasons behind the shock decision to allow former captain and crowd favorite Berger Odendal to leave the Pretoria side last month. The 27-year-old Ottendal joined the Lions after his shock exit from the Bulls and White said he allowed the unexpected move to happen when he realized he was not going to be able to guarantee him some game time. White also said that he told the experienced center he could not guarantee his place in the team and the Bulls would be playing a brand of rugby that was different to the one the side played under his captaincy. Let's shift our focus to football now and a fresher from helping Arsenal win the FA Cup. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is on the cusp of penning a new deal with the club. The Ghana's captain from Gabon is close to signing a new lucrative three-year new deal and the latest development of course is a huge boost for manager Mikel Ateta because Ateta is on a mission to rebuild Arsenal and try and restore them to their former glory and the man from Gabon is center to that task. Obeyamang assisted Ateta to win his first piece of silverware since taking charge of the Gunners in December. Uh, this was when the striker found the back of the net for the North Londoners twice as they beat Chelsea 2-1 in the FA Cup final. Obeyamang has also scored 70 times in 109 games for the North Londoners and further proving his significance at the club with 54 goals helping to win 43 points for the red and white. He finished uh, the 2019-20 campaign as the second top scorer on the top scorer's charts with 22 goals just one behind Jamie Vardy of Leicester City who managed 23. And uh, you know very well that this lucrative deal that is about to sign does come at the back of the club announcing that they are letting go of uh, 55 staff members due to the impact of the corona a virus. Staying with the news in the English Premier League, EPL clubs have voted against keeping five substitutions per match next season. In the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, the rules were changed and that was to allow clubs to make five substitutions and name nine substitutes on the bench. Well, some clubs wanted the new regulation to continue next season, but the move was voted down by the Premier League during its annual general meeting, which was held on Thursday, but the meeting agreed to revert back to allowing only three changes per game with seven substitutes on the bench. World Football Governing Board FIFA wants to see a change in the way that VAR is applied. The World Football Governing Body wants to take complete control of VAR and they are pushing for it to be applied in a similar uniform fashion in all the leagues around the world. This is of course because FIFA now has a worldwide control of all competitions of VAR. It's time for me to find some juice or coffee to sip on and uh, we'll take a short break. When we do come back, we are going to 
cross over all the way to Germany, where we're going to have our conversation with our guest, the very first one for the Spot Live with BBK, and that's going to be Rob Klein, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Bundesliga International. Yes, Umzanzi Seleville is filled with flavor. But you know that Or who secured the latest bag? Or just who's dripping with sauce? And who's adding the spice? Because if it's hot, then it's definitely in the cheese pot. We're now crossing over all the way to Germany, and uh, we are going to find uh, Robert Klein. Rob Klein is a very good uh, friend of uh, Sports Live with BBK, and uh, he is going to talk to us about what they are doing, they being Bundesliga International, for which Rob is the chief executive officer, and uh, it is a company that is responsible for expanding the brand of uh, the Bundesliga League. Rob Klein... Welcome to Spotlight with BBK, bro. Morning, BBK, and to all your listeners, it's a pleasure as always to be with you guys. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, man. Fantastic for having you also as our very first uh, guest. And it means that uh, Spotlight with PBK is indeed going international. Thank you for according us time to speak to you. Rob, in our initial interactions when I met you when you were in South Africa, you spoke about the fact that Bundesliga International aspires to create a cooperation agreement with our very own Premier Soccer League. Would you mind just saying what exactly it is that you are hoping to achieve? Yes, so I, uh, as you know, came down last November and met with the PSL and the clubs um, and put forward a presentation of um, basically working together with the leagues uh, in a knowledge exchange. Um, and we were focusing on um, coaching, we were focusing on fan engagement, um, and we had a really good discussion with the clubs, and we continued discussing afterwards. And fortunately, because of the COVID-19 situation, uh, things have slowed down. Uh, but we continue to discuss actively with the PSL, um, and I'm very hopeful that we can get something done once um, this thing has gone and been rid of so that we can uh, get back to, to football and business matters. Yeah, you're talking about this thing. I think a Jürgen Klopp calls it this rubbish disease, bullshit disease, if you want. Uh, but if you go back to it in terms of how you've been engaging, Rob, with uh, the PSL, you want to find out or maybe let me know how you maybe help them in terms of trying to prepare for going back to play. I mean, Bundesliga was the first league in the world to go back after the football was stopped abruptly by a, a coronavirus a roundabout match. How have you been engaging with the PSL behind the scenes in terms of trying to show them what can and cannot be done as they prepare to go back to football? Yes, I will come back to that just in a few seconds. But yeah, on this thing, as I've called it, this uh, this terrible thing, um, I just want to also say hi to and send a message to our friends in South Africa. We know it's a really tough time right now with you guys. Um, in Europe, it, we continue to be on our guard and um, it is uh, still very much present, but I think we're one or two months ahead. But uh, we really are um, hoping that it gets over very quickly and that uh, South Africa can 
start to breathe again. So we are we are with you and we're thinking of you. Just wanted to, to say that. We appreciate that, bro. Um, uh, in relation to the work um, and conversations with the PSL, yes, so the Bundesliga stopped on the 9th of March of this year. And like everyone, we thought, well, maybe this will just be a, a few weeks when we realized how the, uh, the impact on, on society was and we saw that it was going to run for a couple of um, months at least, um, the DFL immediately set up a task force, uh, which was a medical task force first, and then a logistics task force to do two things. One is to create a medical concept that could work uh, to bring football back into the stadium. From the very beginning, it was clear that that would be without fans. So it was a concept right from the beginning without fans. And the second was then on um, match day operations, literally of how do you get um, up to 300 people, that was the maximum limit put in there, which includes the teams, the players, uh, the people who need to be there to, to operate the, uh, the match, in and out in a secure manner. And what was crucial for the, uh, for the DFL was to ensure that we did not take any of the testing capacity away from society. So the concept was always crucial that we would only do this if we could um, not. And in fact, what happened was the opposite. We managed to create also some funds and create extra testing uh, for people in society. So um, it was a big challenge. Um, now when it's described, it sounds like, okay, so it was done. But it was a massively complex um, uh, project which involved conversations uh, within teams, within the league, with the local uh, governments who were responsible for their uh, own uh, medical protocol. I'm not sure how it is in South Africa, but in Germany, we have 16 basically states and those individual states um, are responsible and decide the medical protocol. So we had to ensure that they all uh, were on board and it went through um, many meetings, many discussions and uh, ultimately, we got the green light uh, to restart. Um, it was on the 7th of May, I believe, to, to start again on the 16th of May, which was only about two months, pretty much two months after we'd um, uh, we'd stopped. And um, we were, yes, exactly. So we, I just wanted to give the background there because there was a lot going on. And once we had this restart on the 16th of May, um, we just went match day to match day. We were very grateful that there was no big incident, so we were able to actually finish all of the match days. And quite soon, we saw that leagues around the world, um, football and non-football, were getting in touch just to understand what we'd done. And uh, we have, as we said, a very tight relationship with the PSL. And uh, our international affairs was basically discussing with them on two main topics. The first one uh, that they were interested in to, to learn what we'd done was indeed the return to play concept. So we shared with them the medical concept and the logistics of match day operations as, as we saw them. And the second point was more on a commercial level, which was also very interesting, which is um, how do you deliver match day and non-match day services for your partners, i.e. your broadcast partners or even your sponsors? And what plans have we made around that to try and deliver as good a product as possible to our commercial partners? And we also exchanged on that with our friends at the PSL.
Yeah, football is coming back to action in South Africa starting tomorrow with a doubleheader of uh, the NetBank Cup competition, which is basically our National Cup, your FA Cup in England, if you want, or your DBF Cup in uh, Bundesliga. And now, Rob, when you look at what you guys are trying to do uh, with uh, uh, Bundesliga International, you are trying to expand, you are trying to get to new terrain. I know that last year you also went to China, but particularly with South Africa, what is it that interests you about the markets in South Africa, and why do you want to expand here? I remember last year you also brought in um, uh, Loda Mateos uh, to come through as one of your legends to try and promote your brand here. What is the thinking behind that? Well, we think two things. One is um, South Africa is a football crazy nation with very um, well-informed fans who really love both their local league, but they also look at the, Europe, uh, the European leagues. Um, and we uh, believe that we can uh, work with the PSL and also with clubs down there, um, bring the Bundesliga closer. As you said, we, we do uh, Bundesliga experiences where we bring uh, uh, our legends. Uh, we also came down with uh, JJ Okocha um, and have done also some CR, CSR work where we were um, working uh, on, on different projects uh, in South Africa. And the whole idea is to, from our perspective, yes, bring the Bundesliga closer to South African funds, so fans so they can touch and feel them uh, and, and exchange, but also get the, the, the league and the clubs working together because what would be great is to have more South African players who have definitely got um, the skill set and the, 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 the technical ability and, and, um, and, and presence to come and play in the Bundesliga. And we would love to see long-term um, more South Africans in the Bundesliga. And the best way to do that is to exchange between the clubs uh, and the leagues um, and uh, even on the coaching level uh, to to have a constant yeah, conversation exchange which can help South African football but which could also drive, as we said, players into our league um, and bring a real emotional connection to the Bundesliga for South African supporters. Yeah, indeed. Once upon a time, Rob, as South Africa, we had a few players are playing in Germany. Spusi Sozuma uh, comes to mind. Your Steven Pinar comes to mind. I think at some stage Aaron Mukwena was also there. Siabong Ankosi as well as Rowan Fernandez. Rob, as we try and wrap it up now, uh, you did mention also JJ Okocha, the Nigerian superstar, a man who my uncle always said that he was so good, his parents had to name him twice, JJ Okocha. In wrapping up, in terms of going forward... <laughs> <laughs> with your plans and uh, meeting up with the PSL, when do you hope to conclude the cooperation agreement and uh, how, how excited are you by the prospect? Well, totally excited. I mean, I have a very, as you know, close bond with South Africa, um, having even had the um, privilege to live in your country for three years. And maybe I'll come back one day. Please do. Please do, man. I've got a room waiting for you at my house. <laughs> well, you better be careful because I may take you up on this. <laughs> yeah, so we, the first thing we want is we want, we're going to watch this weekend. We really wish you the best of luck in the restart. The first thing is to start and that everyone stays healthy and that this can progress and that you can see it works. Once the PSL has had the chance to do that and to breathe, and at the right time, um, I would say as soon as possible at you know, um, when those conditions have been met, we will re-engage because we really were uh, quite close and um, it would be a, a pleasure to do something uh, more formal with the PSL 
if the clubs are, and uh, the league are ready. And the the first indications were positive, but we have to make sure that it's right for, for, for both parties. But um, I am very excited at the prospect of it. And hopefully at some time soon also, we talked about bringing German teams down uh, to play some games uh, against PSL teams. I mean, that's, that's obviously the... Um, the thing that would be great and to have some South African fans and maybe even German fans in the stadium again. For sure. But let's take it one step at a time. Um, we are massively excited and we wish you uh, the best. For t- it's tomorrow, right? The first game. Yeah. Robert Klein, my very good friend and brother, thank you very much for taking the time to have a conversation with us. And uh, hopefully, if you don't come to my house first, then I'm coming to Germany pretty soon, as soon as everything is tied down and we can be able to do some flying again. Take care, my brother, and have a good weekend. Most definitely. Yeah. Take care, brother. It was good to talk and uh, all the best to all of you. Thank you very much. There was uh, Robert Klein, the Chief Executive Officer of uh, Bundesliga International. It's now time for us to take a little bit of a break. And still, when we come back, we are going to talk that doubleheader taking place at uh, the Orlando Stadium in the NetBank Cup semifinals. Would I buy a hover? <laughs> but you see, like, you can't beat the diesel. Though. I'll take the petrol over the diesel any day. <laughs> Tune in to Cargumentative every Monday morning on Times Live Motoring. You can join myself, Thomas Faulkner, and my regular gang of automotive misfits as we discuss motoring news, views, and of course, have a cargument or two. That's Cargumentative only on Times Live Motoring. Welcome back to Sports Live with uh, BBK and uh, now we are going to turn our attention to what looks like a humdinger in prospects in terms of the NetBank Cup semifinals. There's going to be a doubleheader at the Mecca of South African football, the spiritual home, if you like, that is Orlando Stadium, where first up in the semifinals, you're going to get a fixture between Barocca Football Club taking on Siwelele Samasokolara, Plumfontein Celtic. That's going to be at 2 o'clock. And then later on, you will see the second game featuring Mamelo the Sundowns, the Yellow Nation taking on Beat vs. Vets, or is it TTM Vets? I'm not quite sure. But there is the second semi final. It's going to beat Coach Pizzo Musimane against uh, Gavin Hunt. Those are the two coaches who have uh, got a tie between them in terms of league uh, titles in South Africa. Pizzo Musimane winning four with uh, Kabuyelo and uh, Gavin Hunt winning also four with uh, the clever boys of uh, Mill Park. Now, Coaches had assembled in a press conference, a virtual press conference yesterday, and uh, first up was the coach of uh, Bloemfontein Celtic, and that is uh, caretaker coach John Maduga, the former captain of the club, the Malawian uh, man who has been a long servant of uh, the green and white, Siwelele, and he talks about the fact that it is going to be a bit of a challenge for them going back to action for the first time in four months. You know, as much as we have been uh, having so many challenges, whereby, you know, that you don't have any team to play against, you know, after training, you know, it's always tricky, you know. So due to this COVID and the lockdown, that's why, you know, we haven't had any chance to play any friendly games. But we know that all the teams also are in the same boat. They're going through the same challenges. 
And again, remember that we didn't know exactly also when the league is going to start or when the cup games will resume. So, you know, we had to keep on, you know, preparing. And um, our preparation so far has been going so well. We've been working very hard at training and we're looking forward, you know, to this uh, Netbank Cup. It's one cup that Northern Celtic didn't never won before. So it would be very important for us, you know, to go all out and make sure that, you know, we win this cup. You know, for us to win this cup, we have to beat this first, have to win first against uh, a game against uh, Barocca. So now our focus more is on Barocca that, you know, we're looking forward to play against them. We know they're a good team. We haven't seen them, you know, for about four, almost four months now. It's tricky. We don't know how they're going to um, approach the game. But at the same time, you know, us as a team, what we have tried is to make sure that, you know, we plan, we go play, you know, according to our game plan. Celtic's opponent in the first semi-final will be Barocca Football Club. You know that uh, they beat Orlando Pirates in the Telcom knockout final in 2018. And the man from Limpopo will be trying to add a second piece of silverware in a space of uh, two years. Their coach, Dillian Kerr, says the semi-final is the kickstart of a seven-cup finals for Barroca. I think he's making a reference there to what's going to lie in wait for them in the league. Let's hear it from the man himself. Uh, we're waiting. We're actually sat waiting now for the results from our test that we made yesterday, so we can get ready to go to camp. Um, we we did try and make a plan to play the game and then return back to Limpopo after the game, but that's been uh, we, we've been told we can't do that. We've got to stay in this bubble now. Once we're in Joburg, we've got to stay in Joburg. And yes, everybody that's registered to play for Barocca Football Club will be travelling along with the, the, the ten technical team. And uh, we've we've you know it's been it's been a lot of hard work. You know, I've got to thank my chairman and all the club staff that have done their jobs in making sure that we got this far. And yes, it's three more days of finally as you said, three more days to the Nembank Cup semi final. The kick start of the uh, the final seven cup finals for Barocco Football Club. All right, defending APSA Premiership champions Mamelodi Sundowns are also in the semi final and they will be taking on Pete Vets and coach Pizzo Mosimane says that the players have been overloaded by the program because they've had different dates of when they thought the league was going to start and it kept being pushed back. Of course, Sundowns already have got the Telcom knockout trophy in their cabinet this season and they are still much, very much in with a shout to chase the champion that is the APSA Premiership and defend their title four points behind Kaiser Chiefs there and with the Netbank Cup semi-final also being their wonderful chance to make sure that they move to the final and hopefully complete a trio of trophies this season. Mosimane painted a picture of a squad that is walking wounded as they look ahead to the clash against Vets. So you will understand how you prepare the team is totally different and you're getting different reactions from the body because uh, the body hasn't done nothing for the last three and a half months. So that has been a challenge. But be as it may, we, we are where we are now. And uh, yeah, we've had a few injuries. We've got Alimenza injured. Um, uh, the next two days will give us, an, or uh, we'll make an assessment if he's available. We have, um, 
annually injured no training we had um um Kapinga injured of course uh, is not playing um we have um other players been injured i think we've been updating the injuries uh, of the team but we've got Gales was injured also out um Nasi Mendo's got a niggling injury yeah those are the the players that we had um who were out of because of injuries and then we had also players who could not train um because they tested positive uh for for covid-19 and we did not have them we had to isolate them and they were not part of training yeah and we had other guys who were just sick you know flu because it's the winter it's winter space it was nothing to do with covid and um they came back <clears throat> yeah and then we have um Mauricio Stark also in in Uruguay Afonso we are not able to get him um we've got Tapelo still out injured is there but we don't want to risk him he can play his training with us is kicking but uh, you know uh, it's very important to have him w- once and you don't want him to go out and break down and then you regret all all the five four months five months that he's been gone through so yeah and uh, we had Dennis with niggling injury also and um, yeah Well in response the coach of Vets Kevin Hunt seems to be living in a house of chaos he says that up until yesterday they had not trained and is talking about the fact that this cup semi-final represents a chance for most of those Bidvers Vets players who have not been snapped up by other teams since the 99 year old club uh, has been sold to TTM owner uh, Mulawudzi what they will be looking to do though is to try and bow out with a bang and maybe secure a place in the final which hopefully they can win for themselves to close a chapter of a great institution of south african football here's hanty in his own words most teams are in the same situation i mean we haven't trained this week because of all the testing then you got to wait 48 hours and so the preparation this week hasn't been very good um so far i mean today's thursday we still haven't trained so that's been a bit frustrating from that perspective but um yeah there's nothing we can do we're just going to have to um you know prepare the team as best we can um and see how far we can go you know in the game itself but we're looking forward to it yeah it's prediction time what do i think is going to happen in terms of the fixtures that are taking place in the netbank cup first up lum celtic and baroka celtic their coach former coach I should say Lisleonolo Siema left and is gone to take charge of Chipa United which meant that uh, the assistant coach John Matuga uh, has been elevated into caretaker coach Siwelelesa Masogolara have gone through a lot of uh, problems throughout this season their chairman Max Chabalala uh, didn't have money to play the salaries of the players the technical staff uh, but strangely this team has been able to push 
in spite of all those uh, d- d- developments and they've gone as far as uh, the semi-final of the NetBank Cup, that speak of a great resolve of uh, these uh, players and I think that that is something that could inspire them to say you know what, we've gone through all these difficulties we've gone through all these challenges what can we now fail to do when we've overcome so many obstacles, so I think that maybe that spirit which has pushed the Celtic up to this far could just be enough for them to edge uh, uh, Barroca and uh, get themselves a place in uh, the final. So my money is on the green and white. Siwelele, Samasokolara, Potamsila and the crowd. And I hope that is going to be able to assist them in making sure that they at least reach a final, which is going to be a sweetener in terms of the horrible, horrible times that they've gone through off the pitch. Kevin Hunt and Peter Musimane is always an interesting tussle. It's always a wonderful arm wrestling. If you go back to what happened in the season when Pete Vesvets won their very first PSL title, it was a chase Jerry, or is it Tom and Jerry? Yeah, it was the Tom and Jerry chase uh, between the two teams. And now you go back also to the final that they played in the MTN8 back in 2016 in Bombella. Vets played sundowns of the pitch. They're beating them three. Not one, not two, but three. And the sundowns felt that they were in sixes and sevens there. And uh, Kevin Hunt would love nothing more than to actually repeat that feat, albeit in the semi final. But I think, given the shambolic nature of the states of Pete Vets right now, I think they are there for the taking. Sundowns may very well be well stocked in terms of ammunition to take Vets out of the competition in the last four stage. So. Mamelo the Sundowns to Pete Vets, as well as Bloom Celtic to emerge victorious against Barocca. Tell me what you think. You can carry on the conversation. You can reach out on BBK Unplugged 99 on Twitter. And uh, as well as uh, making sure that we continue talking, we continue sharing ideas, we continue having uh, these conversations as we prepare to let you go. And make sure that we gather again next week, Friday, on BBK Sports Live. If you've enjoyed our show, please subscribe for free content on Ion FM, Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Well, you can also find us under the Sunday Times Sports section every Friday. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. And those who may be going out to lay their loved ones to rest in this weekend, hope that everything goes well.